In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the spin. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. The doctor is now in. And a good Monday to you. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope it was a profitable weekend as well, too. Glad to have you here, the T.C. Martin Show. Why am I doing the British accent? I have no idea. I didn't watch any Premier League soccer. I don't know. Must be the company I've been hanging out with. Who knows what? That's Ballpark Frank, ladies and gentlemen. You're you're not a limey. You, you, you watch any Australian rules football? Maybe it was a really bad Australian ha! accent or something. So Yeah, it was bad. You know, that some, was back on Fox Sports again. I got to watch some of it. You did. It West th- Coast Eagles in Collinwood. <laughs> at three at three o'clock in the morning. It started at uh two thirty. There you go. Thank you very much. All right. Numchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass as our technical Engineer, aka button pusher. Very nice. He's more than a button pusher. He is. He hooks you up. He hooks me up. What does he hook me up with? With with the baseball games. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's that's what he's doing right now. That's right. That's become his his unofficial official job. That's right. He's the human television, (laughs) the human television monitor here in studio. You gotta love it. All right, glad to have you with us Uh, today. Matthew Holt will join us from U.S. Integrity. We'll talk about the. Overs, O-V-E-R, a lot of overs in the NFL yesterday. Uh, We'll talk about the view from the sports book, Uh, a lot of action that we will uh, diagnose and go over. And uh, Major League Baseball happening as we speak. It is the ALDS. That's right, the Yankees taking on the Tampa Bay Rays a little bit later on, and right now the A's are taking on the Astros, and the A's are up to a 3 nothing lead. They're interviewing Dusty right now, and I can't stand this, when they're doing the interviews in the middle of the game, in the middle of an inning, and then when your pitcher gives up a home run, do you know what that's got to be like for, for the guy? That's You're horrible. Me, ah, 3 nothing A's. Well, you know, I mean, it's then he can he can shut off the interview. He can deny it and say wait till the end of the inning or something. I mean, he agreed to do it. Oh he, no, he didn't agree nothing. I mean, that's Major League Baseball. I mean, that's in their contract with the television networks saying you got to give us a manager uh, interview. You know, each manager does it, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's weird because with the NBA and everybody else, they you know record that during the timeout in between quarters. So you got a little bit extra time, but with baseball. They do it, like, right in the middle. and But that gives you the ambiance of the game. It gives you the excitement of what's going on. You see the reaction when something does happen. It makes it that much better. I'm just talking about from a you player's just perspective. You like Dusty and you're having your buddies back here. <laughs> I got you it. don't want him getting interviewed while, he's, while his team's giving up runs. I, will, I get it. I will say he did a glorious interview the other day when they were talking to him in the middle of the game. And it was a little bit of a dead spot. And uh, they go, what's, what's the difference here? And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, man. He goes, you know, going on the road's really tough because 
He goes, we're locked in the hotel. We can't go anywhere. I can't go out and have drinks. I can't go out and have dinner. He goes, but one thing he goes, he goes, I'm saving a heck of a lot of money. He goes, I didn't realize I had so much money. Every night I'm used to spending money on food and drinks and stuff, and, and I'm saving money. And then Tim Kirchin and Carl Ravitch and the guys, they, they just like cracked up. And they were talking about that for two innings after that, saying, this guy's hilarious. So they're still getting their per diem, but they're getting fed in the rooms they're at, so they're not actually spending the per diem. Yeah. Actually, there's not a per diem in Major League Baseball. Do you know that? There's not a per diem, at least not for, for managers and stuff like that. They figured all these players, they have enough of their money, and the managers got enough of their money. Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't give them meals. On well, I know they used to, at least for players in that, because I yeah. remember when Michael Jordan was with the, the Sox organization playing in A, and the manager of that club said the most embarrassing thing he had to do was give Michael Jordan his $15 a day for his meal money. Right. And then Jordan would look and go. In the minors, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yes. oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, this will take care of part of the tip. Now hop on my own personal luxury bus and we'll go to a nice steakhouse or something like that where it's going to be 100 bucks a head. There you go. There you go. <laughs> speaking of the uh, uh, Chicago and speaking of the steakhouses, uh, the big seven-footer checked in today, and uh, he'll be talking to us from Chicago on his way to Froggy's tonight. So he wanted me to share that with you. All right, so he's going to Froggy's tonight. Yeah, yeah, he's going to check in on Froggy's. Uh, M- you know. Maybe he should check in from Froggy's. Yeah, well, we could do that. We could do that. You know, you maybe know. not today, but uh, this week uh, he'll be back there. Find out who his number one crooner was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we did find out who the number one crooner was, and uh, it ended up being Marvin Gaye. It went with Marvin Gaye. So, again, uh, now this week uh, he wants to go with the the best song of all time. And I think I got a problem with that. I don't know if you can go with a best song of all time. I think that is too spread out. You're not going to have a clear-cut winner when you're dealing with song of all time. It's impossible. Well, is Marvin Gaye really a clear-cut winner for best male vocalist of all time? It, it got by it, with the still, votes. It's, it's it, an acquired taste. It is. It's true. I'm you not know. saying I agree with it. I mean, I'm just telling you that there was a winner with uh, cumulative votes in Marvin Gaye. Got well, the most. Well, votes. then you can. Ha, it's you culturally can, you, biased too. You, I'll say it. Well, you can have a clear cut winner Stop for whining. best song if enough people vote for it. Then that's the winner. Right now, there's a good chance that you could get multiple different two two votes for the same song might win it. It's exactly. In something like that. That's why I I, got, I need to have a talk with him this week and say, listen, I'm not signing off on on this contest this week. Will, the greatest song. Will of you all time. boycott voting on it? I'm thinking about that. Not only because of that, but. I don't know if I could pick one song. I mean, could you pick one song if you really put your mind to it and you want to spread out over genres? Could you select one song by saying, this is the greatest song of all time? I could pick one, but then like two hours later, I'd be like, wait a second, I'm going to change my pick or something. Exactly. Because it depends on the mood you're in a lot. Exactly. You know? I mean, I don't think anybody could say, oh, this is by far the greatest song of all time. Now, we all have our favorite songs of all time, but I don't know. Well, there's there's that's, like the too there's like the list of things that you know like what's a song that you will always listen to no matter what mood you're in or what time it is or something like that mm-hmm. that you won't turn off, you true. Kind of like movies and stuff like true. that. But to say which one is actually the best, eh, a lot of it depends on the mood. The greatest of all time, though. That's where he's going. The greatest, not like your personal favorite of all time. So he's looking I for the goat song. The goat song, exactly, because everything is the goat in this contest. And again, I blame myself because I started this with serial madness. This guy can't let it go. He's got to come up with a. Now he's on this mission where he's going to go find a contest every week and he wants us to participate. So the greatest of all time could be like Zero Manus. It could be a disaster. We could have a push. We could have a tie. I think you are going to have a tie this time around. How can, how can you not have a tie when you have the greatest song of all time? It's, it's crazy. But anyway, we'll see. It'd be hard enough to make the greatest song of an era or a decade or something. I know, right? Let alone of all time. Right.
You can even say Especially that depending with an on how long of a time you've been around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, yes, Matthew Holt will join us a little bit later on. We'll uh, break down the NFL week number four. Remember, we got a double header tonight as well, too, as we have the Patriots and the Chiefs. The game that we talked about last week, early on this week, that we're really looking forward to, had this game circled, talking about it, you know, uh, saying on Friday when we were at the Cosmopolitan, saying, wow, we're going to miss this game. Now the game is back, and it's on Monday, and they got the early start. And what they've done now with the Packers and the Falcons, they've pushed it back to 5.50 Pacific time. And now, Numchuk's saying now it's back to 6 o'clock, 6.05. They keep pushing it back here. So we got one game on CBS, uh, and I thought it was funny yesterday because if you watched the game last night between the Niners and the Eagles, you know NBC has the coverage with that, and Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were joking, saying, "Well, finally, uh, Tony Romo is going to get a chance to be on Monday Night Football." <laughs> and for those that don't understand that joke, I mean, he was actually, you know, really negotiating and trying to be on Monday Night Football, and he got the gig with with CBS. So. Kind of funny, yeah. So Tony Rowe is doing Monday Night Football on a different network tonight. Well, he's doing a, a version of Monday Night Football. Right, exactly. You know, it's like the off-Broadway version. Right, and for us it <laughs> would be Monday afternoon football. There you go. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get here. You're hey, never... by the way, I want to throw this in too because yes. we didn't talk about it on Friday, but I do want to give props. If you missed the Preakness, check out the replay of it because Swiss Skydiver becomes the sixth Philly in history to win that race and the second fastest Preakness ever. Mm-hmm. Swiss Skydiver and Authentic had a heck of a stretch duel. Just a, just a really, really exciting, good race in a year when, unfortunately, probably very few people, unless you're really a diehard horse racing aficionado, saw it. Yeah, and here we normally talk about it, and we omitted it accidentally on Friday because, again, everything is kind of twisted around, and we're so confused here. Usually it's the Triple Crown, the first Saturday in May. It's the Derby. Two weeks later, we have the Preakness. Three weeks later, we have the Belmont Stakes. And I, what was the crazy order this year? I mean, the crazy order was the Belmont first. The right? Belmont first. Yeah. Then the Derby. Then the Derby. And then the Preakness here at the tail end. And, and then the Preakness is going to be followed within just a few weeks of the, the Breeders' Cup. Cup Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it went by the wayside. And like you said, if you're – you probably didn't even see the race or hear about the race on Saturday unless you're accidentally flipping channels, but I did watch it. I, I watched it live. I thought it was a great race, and I was thinking to myself, wow, look at this as the long shot comes in, you know, uh, Swiss Skydiver, as you mentioned, the Philly winning, and I said, wow, I can hardly wait to see what this pays, but then I started thinking, like, you know what, it's... The people are are not going to be able to thoroughly enjoy this because there is no betting at the track because there were no fans at the track, and when you normally have a hundred thousand people at at these tracks and nobody's there, and we understand people are betting, but clearly, I mean, what could be the percentage of people betting off track, especially in this COVID year where the races are out of order and it really is not getting the love. I mean, so the handle had to really be down. Yeah, maybe that's a question that we'll ask Brian on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Brian Benowitz over the Cosmopolitan because he's a big uh, horse racing guy. And I am curious to see what the handle would be, especially considering that there wasn't a chance to have a Triple Crown winner. Now, if Authentic would have won the first two legs and was going for the Triple Crown, then there would have been more hype about it and people would have talked about it. But because it was just... The middle jewel, but this year the third jewel, the right. third leg of the Triple 
Crown and a football Saturday with all the COVID going on with the NFL and everything else and just so much stuff going on right now, baseball playoffs, NBA playoffs. I've been watching French Open. There's so much stuff. It really fell by the wayside, oh, I think. And unless, you, like I say, if you're a diehard horse player, and that whole race card at Pimlico that day, it was all stakes races, but nobody, you know, mm-hmm. if a horse wins a, wins a race when there's no fans, you know, does it make a sound? <laughs> it doesn't make a sound. <laughs> what do they say about the tree in the forest? Or yeah, you know, it actually made a sound of cha-ching to twenty four twenty, I believe, up for the win. So yeah, very nice. If you were lucky enough to have it, well, at least you cashed a nice ticket. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, the Philly wins. All right, let's talk about the Raiders. Uh, yesterday, the first home loss for your Las Vegas Raiders. The Bills win thirty to twenty three. The Bills outlasted the Raiders yesterday. They outcoached John Gruden. And the Raiders, uh, their quarterback, Josh Allen, was better than Derek Carr. Their receivers were better. Their defense was much better. This was a case where the Raiders were just not that good. And the opponent traveled 3,000-plus miles to an empty Allegiant Stadium yesterday and thoroughly handed. There was a point in time during this game, I didn't think that we would see the Bills punter yesterday. And neither team punted basically all in the entire first half. But I will give the Raiders some credit. They moved the ball very well. They had 24 first downs yesterday. They were 8 for 14 on third down conversions, a stat that I always look at. But then they broke down. Derek Carr had 297 yards, but what cost the Raiders? The same thing that has cost the Raiders for the better part of the last decade and a half, turnovers and defense and that was prevalent yesterday. These two things still missing in action for the Raiders. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, the Raiders have got had a good start to the season, but uh, maybe overachieved in those first couple games a little bit. Certainly looked great against New Orleans, and I think a lot of people that saw that game maybe got an inflated value of how good this team is. They're, they're still learning. They're still a young team that's, that's trying to find everything. But it's also interesting because you and Josh Allen have something in common. Yeah, what's that? Well, before yesterday, both of you had only seen football down at UNLV at Sam Boyd Stadium. Now you both saw the brand new stadium. So uh, that you, both of you saw football in Vegas at a little different type of venue. Yes. I'm guessing a little nicer than Sam Boyd, not to slight them at all. Right, right. No, the uh, the venue was is outstanding. There's no question about it. And I got a chance to get there a little early yesterday to kind of you know do a self guided tour. Did you check out but, the tailgating? Uh, there was, there was no tailgating. There was no tailgating whatsoever. Uh, nobody out there. I will say this. The traffic I loved. See, I, I, you know from how my I house, that, I got there in 11 minutes. You know how I knew that there wasn't? Yeah. Because you didn't post any pictures of anybody's food. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, I was tempted, <laughs> believe me, I was tempted to post some press box food, but I didn't know if that was proper etiquette or not. And I know Only that, cupcakes, I think, are allowed. Yeah. <laughs> so when Brian Salmon posted the Raider cupcake last week, so you probably saw it today, I said, I, I, I can't pass this up. So I... I took the picture of the, the Raiders popcorn box, which I thought was pretty cool. But for the record here, and people that know me know, I only go to the movies, only go to the movies to have the popcorn, plain and simple. So I see the box with the Raider logo there, and it says popcorn, and I just refuse to eat popcorn out of a box. And this goes back to my days in Green Bay. So we used to go there on the Friday before, you know, for the press conference and all that stuff. Right, That's two days before the game. And they would be popping the popcorn at Lambeau Field about 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And they'd be stuffing it in the bags. And I'm going, what are you doing with this? Well, this is for Sunday's game. 
And they're charging like six bucks for you know the buckets of popcorn, the boxes of popcorn. I go, no way in the world that I'm going to do that. As my daughter will tell you, I go to the movies. Yeah, I am that guy. Uh, excuse me, can you pop me some fresh popcorn? I'll wait the five, eight minutes. I'm perfectly fine with that because I love the hot, fresh popcorn. Well, if you're paying $15 for a movie ticket, you should probably have fresh popcorn. I agree. Exactly. And I know that I'm getting suckered in there, and I, that I'm, that I'm okay. As long as I, the movie could be horrific, but as long as I have the hot, fresh popcorn, I'm down for it. So anyway, I see the box of popcorn. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I kept walking by, and I said, this is a pretty cool-looking box. So the hot dogs. And you know how I am with the hot dogs? They're advertising the foot-long hot dog. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it because, as you know, the hot dog connoisseur that I am uh, just wasn't the hot dog that I was used to. I'll just say that. Okay. But how do you know if it's any good if you don't try it? Well, I, I, I did take it, and I opened the box, uh-huh. and I asked the girl, you know, it's been sitting here a while, hasn't it? Oh, no, we'll bring you a fresh one. Okay, good. Brought me a fresh one. I touched it with my finger. It wasn't hot. It wasn't warm. It was literally cold. Now I'm in this quagmire of what do I do? I don't want people to see me throw away. I hate wasting food, you know. But I couldn't bring myself to eat this, this hot dog that was cold. Well, you wouldn't have been wasting it. I, I saw there was a pigeon in the press box there. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. So I said, I'm going to wait on this. All right? So the girl, she was so nice. The staff there at Eden Stadium says, we're going to bring out some, some new food and some hotter food as we get closer to halftime. So two-minute warning comes. I come out there. They bust out the individual packets of the, I should say packet, packages or whatever, nicely, you know, of like a rotisserie barbecue chicken with the like diced potatoes like I fix at home. Beautiful. Okay, skins on with a little corn on the cob. And that was fantastic. So I should have taken the picture of the barbecued chicken. I think people would have liked that. But instead, what is your major malfunction, numbnuts? So instead, I go for the popcorn. And surprisingly enough, I see a lot of the media guys really going to town. This, I okay. I said third quarter. I'm trying the popcorn. It was surprisingly good. It was relatively hot too. It was hotter than the hot dog. So yeah, I was I was mildly surprised. Well, that's good. So, so you got more than your money's worth since you had a credential and you didn't pay to go to the game, <laughs> right? And I also noticed how you throw that little shot in there that me and Numchuk there saying, "Oh, like I prepare at home, like like you, like you're such a good cook or a connoisseur." So, you've never had us over for dinner, <laughs> or, or any of the listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, they made it just like I make it. It was exquisite. Sorry, none of you could have it, you but I got up? it because I'm TC and and I complained because the popcorn was cold. That, so right. they took care of me. Oh. Because I'm the whiny media guy who wants everything for free, and I want it even better. This is true. I'm no- <laughs> Guilty! <laughs> Guilty! Would you like to come over? I will go. I'll invite you, both of you guys over. I'll invite Quake over. I'll get extra potatoes for all you guys. Are we going to have to sit at the tree stump? Oh, no, that's gone, right? The the tree stump is gone up front. Thank you very little. That's right. You're allowed inside. No, I've I've, I've had some people over. Okay, Nick Nice has come over many times. There you go. Well, you like Nick. Yeah. Well, I like you now, so it's good. No. Maybe not after this conversation. <laughs> exactly. You can come over anytime for my homemade fries. And you're kind of like me. You don't need the onions and the peppers. Yeah, I, I cut the potatoes. I can go with the thick fries, or I'll go with the, the square potatoes, as I like to call them, that my mother called them. And, and I, I fix them that way. But I love, I love that. You know, a little salt and pepper, we're good. 
Well, there you go. No, and you, you probably put the ketchup on it, though. No, I don't yeah. use ketchup on anything. That's, that's funny. I don't use any condiments. I yeah. don't use ketchup, mustard, mayo, anything. So this conversation got brought up with the uh, great Jackie Kostak over at uh, Kostak over at uh, Channel 13, the anchor. And we were talking about this hot dog conversation. She said to me, she goes, I know you like your hot dogs. So we were just talking about Chicago beef. She goes, do you put ketchup on your hot dog? And I go, sacrilegious. She goes, there you go. There you go. You don't put ketchup on a hot dog. I go, what am I, six? No, you know, it's the mustard or maybe the grilled onions. Now, you, Frank, I hope you're a Chicago guy. I hope you don't put ketchup on the, on the no, hot dog. No, I don't. I, I told yeah. you, I, I don't you're use nothing. any condiments. Good. Okay, so that's good. The only thing I use is whatever bread I'm using, then the burger or whatever it is, and then pepper. I don't yeah. even use salt. I know. I haven't had salt in my house I for brought, 20 I brought, years. I brought Frank a, a taco from. Uh, from uh, what's the place in the Palms? We used to do the show over there, the uh, Chronic Taco. Yeah, Chronic Taco. And he says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the meat." I go, "What do you mean you'll take the meat?" Uh, it comes in a tortilla. Okay, I'll do that, but but no cheese, no lettuce, no, no cilantro, no tomatoes. So I said, "Yeah, can I get a meat taco?" They had no problem with it. They had no problem. They at had all. no problem yeah. with it. Did you eat the Did you eat the shell though? That's what I want. Yeah, to know. no, I ate the shell. Okay, good. When I get a salad, I get lettuce only. I don't use dressing, the tomato, anything extra in that. And I ain't starving, okay? <laughs> I may not know what's good, but I know what I like. Contrary to popular belief, <laughs> Numchuck, that breaking news was not for her, for, for Frank and the taco. <laughs> <laughs> We've got action galore. After the A's jumped out to a 3-0 lead, the Strohs went back-to-back homers. It's now 3-all in Los Angeles. That's right. They're playing at Dodger Stadium in front of no one. Yes. Thousands of cardboard cutouts are enjoying this game, but the thousands of cardboard cutouts are Dodger fans, and it's 3-3 between the Astros and the A's in game one of the ALDS. So who are they rooting for? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Maybe Dusty, since he used to play there. How's that? Boom. All right. So back to the game yesterday. Yeah, so I enjoyed Elysian Stadium. You got the food story. Uh, very nice. It, but it is weird. I mean, it is weird sitting in that stadium and seeing that there is no audio whatsoever. I think a lot of people are confused and they are what, they, they think what they see on TV is what you're getting yeah. in the stadium, and it's not. Right, right. right. Actually, I, I tweeted out the, the Raider touchdown. I think Numchuck has that. And maybe we'll play this for you. This is what it sounded like uh, as I, I got lucky because I said, oh, they're down by the goal and they might score here. So here is the video and the sound from the Raiders' first touchdown yesterday. And you can judge for yourself. That was a touchdown. That's it. Right there. So that's kind of like listening to Buddy Holly's backup band. Exactly. It's so, the crickets. Yeah. So when the play was happening, all right, you just hear it. And then after the touchdown, then the, the PA guy goes nuts, and they, they sound off whatever the rockets and, and the music and all that stuff. But at that point in time, yeah, it was. A, I have never incorporated the, watched this before, and this is true. All right, when you see guys that are on the sidelines, players, you think you're watching a Pop Warner game, they're clapping their hands and tie their, and they're going, defense! And they're, they're hitting their own pads! And they're chanting in unison on the sidelines, defense, like you would see at a Pop Warner football game. This is happening in the NFL. That's the sound that you are hearing. It is, 
It's mind-numbing. And again, if you're watching the games at home, advantage you because the networks are piping in the sound. Those are network, and we talked about this last week. But yeah, when you go to the game, it, it's literally crickets. Is it advantage us, though? Because sometimes they do a good job of piping in the sound, and That's sometimes true. not so good. So. But if you, you still are getting that electricity from home. But, I, but I'd rather have what we're really having. I'd like to hear what a bizarre world it okay, is true. with the players on the right. sideline literally becoming the cheerleaders right. at the same time. And that's exactly it. We don't have cheerleaders, so the players are now the cheerleaders. And just to show you, okay, so you know the 65,000-seat stadium, so you know the press box is way up high on the Raiders' side. So when the Bills were scoring and they were doing that repeatedly, you could hear the Bills' sideline so loud when they scored or they made a sack or an interception or fumble recovery – it's like wow. I mean, you. This this is what we're hearing right now. Well, and they were trying to make. They, they were trying to get the home field advantage. Yeah. <laughs> their players were cheering louder than the Raider players. Yeah. yeah, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. All right. So anyway, yeah, it was uh, very interesting, but the game experience uh, totally different. And I don't know if you watched the 49ers and the Eagles last night with we mentioned Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and NBC. But I thought it was really cool where they said, "Hey." You know, we're, we've piped in the sound here with our, our network feed. He goes, but we are going to actually do a series when the Eagles had the ball of what it sounds like. And they faded down their noise, and they did a whole series. And it was quite – but you're right. It wasn't bad. And I was thinking like you, like, let's do more of this. I'd rather hear that. That's what I wanted to hear during the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what I want to hear during the NBA. I don't want to hear the fake pipe. I want to hear the trash talking. If you have to put it on a seven-second delay or something, fine, do that. But I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear the players saying stuff. I want to hear the refs. I want to hear the trash talking from the sideline or anything else that's happening in the game. I mean, because we're never going to see this again. At least, hopefully, in our lifetime, we're never going to see it again. You know, this this is an insane, crazy time. But let's live it to the hilt and really experience it. All right. All right. So, yeah, NFL experience at uh, the Raiders Stadium yesterday. Uh, Very intriguing. And uh, we'll see what happens again. This baseball game, if you got the over, you're in good shape. Matt Olson just homered and gave the A's the lead again, 4-3. to We've got seven runs. I don't think we're, we're out of the third inning yet. Is this crazy or what? Welcome to 2020. Yeah. Welcome to Major League Baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, we in, in that Cardinal Padres series, we saw, what, an 11-8 game, and then the next day there was no runs until the 7th or 8th inning or something. Right. You never know what's going to happen. And that is one of the things where I don't like reality TV except for live professional sports, which really to me is the greatest reality TV because it is live. You don't know the results and how it's going to end up, and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Speaking of the, the Braves, the Braves, remember where they scored 29 runs? They scored 29 runs against the Marlins, and then they went that the playoff game, 13 innings, and they got one in the bottom of the 13th and went one to nothing. I mean, you, you can't get more extreme than that. You no. just don't know what's going to happen here. No, the Falcons wish they had the Braves' offense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe this. Uh, was this another, another ding-dong? This one's off the wall. Unbelievable. The A's are going to town right now. It's batting practice. That's what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Matt Holt is going to join us when we come back. We'll talk about yesterday's action in the National Football League. Uh, maybe even touch on a little UFC. We'll keep you updated on Major League Baseball, ALDS Game 1, Astros A's in a slugfest at Dodger Stadium. Tonight they'll be playing in San Diego at Petco Park with a couple big-time offenses too with the Yankees and the Rays. So we'll dive into all that and a whole lot more on a quarterback edition of the T.C. Martin Show. The 
T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. 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 Glad to have you with us on a Monday. A's and Astros, ALDS game number one. A's lead four to three, runners on. The slugfest uh, happening here. So much for uh, Bassett and McCullers. Uh, Wow. All right, that game at Dodger Stadium. Remember, Petco Park tonight as the Yankees take on the Devil Rays. All right, plenty to do, plenty to talk about our good friend. We talk a little other side of the counter. Matthew Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity. What's going on, my man? TC, how we doing, my friend? We're doing great, man. Uh, and we, there's got to be some congratulations that go out to Matt Holt, the fantasy guru. You've all, be, all of a sudden become a fantasy guru in my leagues now, baseball and football, as uh, you go all the way to the championship in fantasy baseball, my friend. So congrats to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was a fun COVID baseball uh, shortened season for me from a fantasy perspective. And somehow my stinky football team, three and one. Look at this. Look at this. All right. All right, my friend. Let's talk about what our eyes saw yesterday in the NFL. I think I want to first, we talked about the Raiders. Give me your take uh, about the Raiders. And also, from a betting perspective, as we saw plenty of Buffalo money come steaming in, I'm not sure if there's any buyback money on the Raiders as we came closer to kickoff, but uh, this line, you know, three and a half for the road team, they covered. Yeah, and that one didn't end up being too devastating for books here in Nevada, but for regulated books outside of Nevada uh, in states like New Jersey and in New York uh, and, and Pennsylvania, I mean, the Bills action certainly piled up yesterday, and they got it done again. They are now 4-0 on the season, and, and Josh Allen, they're battling Russell Wilson for early MVP votes. I think we need to, to acknowledge the Buffalo Bills and say this Bills team is for real. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I talked about it several times before the season that if Josh Allen's accuracy numbers improved, this could actually be one of the best teams in football, you know, with the addition of Diggs and, the, and all the weapons they have on offense. And Tredavious White, the, the star defensive player who um, had originally opted out of the season due to COVID concerns around his family ending up deciding to play, I said that might have been one of the biggest you know, personnel moves of the offseason was Tredavious White actually deciding not to opt out uh, and come back to the Buffalo Bills. That is a roster that is really put together. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, too, when you look at a team like Buffalo, a team that has struggled for the last several seasons, but we know that in sports so much of it is mental. When you start believing in yourself and believing that you don't expect to go out there and say, well, if we play our best, we can win, but you go out there just expecting to win, the mental aspect, that makes them even that much more dangerous because they're really believing in themselves now. Yeah, and look, you know, Josh Allen's accuracy issues the last couple of years were, were certainly well documented, yet they still managed to go out and make the playoffs. This was a playoff team with Josh Allen struggling, not a ton of weapons around him. Now you have, you know, you, know, you have two star running backs in the backfield. You had Stephon Diggs to, to John Brown, and that receiver core is as good as any. They have a good offensive line. Uh, you're right, a little bit of confidence and a little bit of accuracy from Josh Allen has everybody believing on what was already a pretty good roster coming off a playoff season. All right. 
Are there people that are starting to believe in the Cleveland Browns now? They put 49 up against the Cowboys yesterday. Here's the mind-boggling stat. The Browns rushed for 307 yards. You don't see that in the NFL. You don't see a, a team rush for usually over 200, but 307. And in this game yesterday, the final was 49-38 over the Cowboys. It was 41-14 to at one time in this game. And the Cowboys... We have to have the conversation. The Cowboys are in the same you know, conversation of the Falcons and other teams like that. Just atrocious to get drilled like this. And they had the most home fans. They had 25,000 fans in attendance yesterday, and the Browns ran them out of their own place. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting in a league that the last decade has really become a passing league. The teams, you know, you look at a couple of teams – that are off to big-time three-and-one starts, Baltimore, the Rams, the Cleveland Browns, especially the Rams and the Browns who had expectations of around a 500 season with their season win totals. What are they all doing? They're running the football. Suddenly, running the football is the contrarian thing to do. Defensive coordinators for the last five years have been so focused on how do we shut down passing games that some of these teams, Cleveland, the Rams, have just simplified their offenses to say let's run the football again and boy when you look at the teams who can successfully run the football they're all off to great starts this season all right our very own adam schefter ballpark frank's got breaking news uh, yes, uh, the Houston Texans, according to ESPN's Adam Scheffner, has fired head coach and general manager Bill O'Brien today after the 0-4 start. Uh, Romeo Cornell, the Texans' current assistant head coach, who has past experience as a defensive coordinator and head coach, will likely be named the team's interim uh, sideline boss. And I guess when you start out 0-4 and you beat a team that essentially didn't practice at all last week, who also didn't have a win, uh, that uh, that was kind of the last writing on the wall. But uh, first coach fired this season only four weeks weeks into it bill O'Brien four weeks gone. into it in a playoff team last year one of the best quarterbacks i understand you lost you know your great wide receiver goes over to the uh, the, the cardinals but deshaun watson you still got him uh you got jj watt and uh you know this has probably been i don't say a long time coming but there have been rumblings about this for a while and houston's not messing around and like you mentioned they played the Vikings yesterday, and that was a game I couldn't even bring myself to watching. I don't think I watched one play of that game yesterday, and the Vikings eked out a victory. But, yeah, Houston, just bad times in Houston. Look, at the end of the day, Bill O'Brien was highly scrutinized for his personnel moves since taking over both the GM spot as well as the head coaching spot. Never have we seen a season win total, seven or seven and a half, depending on when you bet it, be so low for a team that has a top five quarterback. In the last decade, in a passing league, essentially if you have a top ten quarterback, you're expected to finish above 500. Yet for whatever reason, that the really – uh, down-in-the-dirt football analytics guy said, look, outside of Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien has put together one of the worst rosters in football, but it was hard to believe with Deshaun Watson as a quarterback that this team was literally going to finish sub-500 after an 0-4 start. I think O'Brien has to take responsibility. He's the one that put this roster together, thus he's the one that gets the axe. DeAndre Hopkins has to be pretty happy that he escaped out of there even though they uh, suffered yesterday uh, a brutal loss at, at Carolina. All right, let's talk about Drew Brees a little bit. Last week, everybody wanted to bury Drew Brees. I think we talked about it in the best bets on Friday. Said, hey, 
there's nothing wrong with the Saints. There's nothing wrong with Drew Brees. The Saints scored touchdowns on five straight possessions yesterday. Brees, he's fine. Saints, 29 first downs yesterday, 10 for 14 on third down. That final score a little bit skewed. I know uh, people that bet the Saints yesterday giving up, you know, four, four and a half, a little nervous at the end. They win by 6, 35, 29, but they were in full control here yesterday, Matt. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this in my life. So teams that have a double-digit lead in the NFL win 89% of the time. Yet the Detroit Lions have had a double-digit lead in three of their four games this season, and in those games have gone 0-3 straight up and 0-3 against the spread. I have never seen a team collapse like the Detroit Lions do every time they get a double-digit lead, and that was the case again yesterday. They literally go up 14 nothing right away in the first quarter, and I turned to my wife and said, look, the Saints got them right where they want them. And sure <laughs> enough, 35 straight points for the New Orleans Saints. You talk about coaches on the hot seat. Matt Patricia now is 2 of 10. That's his record. You know, 2 and 8 in games where the Lions have a double-digit lead. So while the rest of the league wins about 90% of the time in that scenario, Matt Patricia wins about 20% of the time. There's something fundamentally wrong with the Detroit Lions once they get up double digits. Yeah, maybe the Lions and Falcons should play each other and whichever one gets the lead, uh, better the other one in in-game wagering or something. When, For sure. When you're looking at the early games from this season right now, there's been a lot of talk, and you mentioned with Josh Allen and, and Russell Wilson maybe playing for the, the number one quarterback, the MVP of the league right now at this point. What have you seen early on? Is there any team that's really surprised you in the first four weeks of the season is in a positive and or negative way? I think the Cleveland Browns have to be the surprise team. Um, you know, look, Buffalo, a lot of us, a lot of people I know that really follow football said, hey, this roster is really put together. They had a nine-and-a-half win total, and with the Patriots expected to be down, there was almost equal amounts of money on the Bills and Patriots to win their division. So I don't know if we could call the Buffalo Bills a surprise, but the Cleveland Browns were a distant third in the AFC North behind Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and they may very well still finish there. But again, we've talked about teams that are able to run the football. We knew Cleveland had a ton of talent. If they could take that pressure off Baker Mayfield, who doesn't seem to perform well under pressure and continue to run the ball, with the stars they have on defense, the Cleveland Browns could be a problem for somebody. Matthew Holt joins us from U.S. Integrity talking about yesterday's action in the NFL. Last night's game, guys, we look at the Niners and uh, Philly. Philly just atrocious, and the Niners all banged up, but they got a couple key guys back. They got Kittles back, uh, Debo Samuel, and all of a sudden, you know, Nick Mullins was good until he was bad. And then when he was bad, he became terrible. Philly scored two touchdowns on successive plays. They had the 42 yard touchdown pass, followed by PAT. We had the kickoff. And then Nick Mullins had a pick six go the other way. And just like that, it went 14-11 San Francisco to 25-14 Philly. And that was the game. And then Mullins gets benched for C.J. Beathard, who led him back to a touchdown. Couldn't pull it off in the end. But if you're the Niners, you got to be just wanting to kill yourself in this situation here because you had this game, basically a 14-11 lead. You had the ball at midfield, a chance to tack on more points, and Mullins just implodes here. It, 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 was, it was atrocious, and it gave, it gave Philadelphia life. 
Yeah, I, I will say this. I think considering that I don't know that I've ever seen a team have more starters lost to injury through the course of an entire season, never mind through four weeks as the San Francisco 49ers have. If you would have told them they would have lost their their quarterback, you know, their number one running back, three wide receivers, their starting all-pro tight end George Kittle, the entire defensive line, and yet they would still get out of the first month two and two, I think they'd take it. I know last night was disappointing and it sure stung, but at the end of the day, considering that we've never seen a team so decimated by injuries, I think the Niners are lucky to get out of there two and two, and it just goes to show how good of a job that coaching staff is doing, and I think they're still alive to win that division. Everybody's talking about the Seattle Seahawks and uh, and Russell Wilson in the NFC West and in terms of MVP and Super Bowl. That division's still wide open. The Rams are really good and can run the football. And the San Francisco Niners, we know when they get healthy, they can run the football and play some great defense. I think the Niners are still alive. They just have to get some people back from this mass unit and healthy again. Hey, Matt, I'm reading another story here uh, that the NFL, obviously they're concerned with COVID-19 right now and the problems they've had with that. There's new protocols they've put in place. I'm not going to go into all of them, but one of the things in the story mentions that the NFL is so worried about this that they've now threatened heavy penalties for teams that violate the protocols that could include teams potentially having to forfeit games. So basically it's not like we can't push it back anymore. And I've also heard talk that they're talking about it in an 18th week just in case there are other games that have to be pushed back. What do you make of this? And do you think that uh, that we could see a potential with, uh, I don't think COVID is done with uh, playing havoc with this season yet? No, it's absolutely not. And look, the NFL has to make the protocols stricter around the players because unfortunately they don't have the built-in cushion that some of these other leagues have. Look at the SEC and ACC, for example. You know, we saw Notre Dame, Wake Forest postponed, but because they built two bye weeks into the schedule, they were both easy able to find a common bye week where they could just make up the game. Unfortunately for the NFL, there's so much built around the Super Bowl and the scheduling around it that it's not easy to transition you know some of the or build in that cushion and thus they really don't have a lot of margin for error here it's not easy to reschedule games thus they're going to be more hesitant to postpone games than the ACC or the or the SEC would and thus in order to try to keep some of these COVID issues down they have to put stricter penalties on the players and team personnel and that's exactly what they're doing. All right, Matt, let's uh, talk about tonight's game. We have a doubleheader. Speaking of COVID, we got ourselves a doubleheader again tonight. feel like it's week one of the NFL season, so let's go with it. Let's start with the Patriots and the Chiefs, a game that was circled on the calendar from the very, very beginning. People were looking forward to this, minus Cam Newton, who was out for the Patriots. The line shot up from 7 now to 11. You can give us the latest on that. It's Kansas City at home. Andy Reid and company against Bill Belichick. Interesting game here. Look, at the end of the day, um, we're looking at a line that was 6.5 before the CAM announcement. Now it's 11, so it's easy to say that there's a 4.5-point differential between Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer. And I'll tell you, that doesn't seem that crazy, really. Um, that's, that's pretty standard for a successful team that has a good quarterback you know, to his backup to be somewhere between 4 and 6 points. In some extreme cases, we've seen Aaron Rodgers worth 7 or 8 
but in this case, four and a half feels about right. What I worry about with the New England Patriots is some of the other industry, other injuries that they've been dealing with. Julian Edelman, who's going to be able to play, isn't 100% with a knee injury. Sony Michelle is done. He's on the IR now with a quad injury. Their center, David Andrews, is out. This is a banged-up Patriots team facing a Chiefs team tonight with a lot of momentum. Normally, 11 points with the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick, that'd be an auto bet. But at this point, a little bit scary with all the injuries tonight with the Patriots. Not sure that they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs, so I'm probably going to have to pass. All right. 11 is a big number. I kind of see where it, where it's at, but you know the Chiefs have been playing a lot of close games up until last week where they, they took care of Baltimore. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out uh, tonight. So the later game, the original Monday night football game, the Falcons and the Packers. The Packers are a six-point choice here, but as we know, Devontae Adams isn't going to play. Lazar's probably not going to play. The Packers were, were strapped here from a wide receiver standpoint, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Falcons can kind of pull in Eagles here. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, two weeks ago I said, well, Atlanta's the best 0-2 team. And then after they fell apart again last week, I, I took some of that back. I thought this might be a good spot for the Packers. Now I'm thinking after what I witnessed last night with Philly against San Francisco, I'm not sure what to think, Matt. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, this is an interesting line. So right when this number came out, I really liked Atlanta. I said, boy, you know, uh, when you look at yards per play as kind of the big metric that's kind of a standard of how teams are doing, while Green Bay's been so good on offense, they were actually dead last coming into this week. Number 32 in the entire NFL on opponents' yards per play allowed. Some of it because Minnesota, you know, racked up a bunch of yards late and, and so didn't Detroit and blowout games. But still, number 32 is pretty egregious on the Green Bay defense. And I thought, to your point, look, Atlanta's going to score plenty of points, and this is probably going to be a closer game than seven and a half. And we saw this line tick down to six and a half because I think a lot of people agreed with that. A lot of the numbers guys probably were all, ended up on that same side. And then we saw all the injury issues throughout the week during practice for the Atlanta Falcons with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And we thought, oh, my goodness, there may not be any receivers left for the Falcons. And that number shot all the way up to eight at one point. And now it is completely flip-flopped. Ridley's probable. Julio Jones is probable. Looks like the Atlanta Falcons are going to have all their wide receivers available. And on the other side, it's the Green Bay Packers who are having issues at wide receiver. No Devontae Adams. No Lazard, as you already mentioned. No Mercedes Lewis, the tight end who caught a touchdown last week. So all of a sudden, the, the script has completely flipped, and that's why we're seeing this spread now all the way down to Green Bay minus six. So much scoring. Nine overs, if I count them right, Matt. Nine overs in the National Football League yesterday. Seems like we can't make lines high enough here, total-wise. Yeah, a little bit of a rough day for the books as the favorites tended to get home yesterday. All the teaser favorites certainly got there. Uh, to your point, nine overs yesterday, and, and a lot of them weren't even close, like Cleveland-Dallas. Everyone talks about the Cleveland defense, but there were 45 points already, I think, or 48 by halftime in that game. Just a lot of scoring, and it started early and continued all the way into last night. And depending on when you got that number last night, which opened at 42 close, closed at 46, landed 45. You know, a lot of people actually pushed at that one at 45, but plenty of over and under tickets cashing on that one as well. Look, 
it's been shown this year that scoring is way up in the NFL. A lot of it has to do with penalties being way down this year, um, and that's been a big part of the advanced scoring, allowing these rhythm offenses to get in that rhythm. It's going to be interesting to see if the defensive coordinators are able to make some adjustments now or if the bookmakers have to make adjustments because this isn't just this past week. Scoring's been up across the league through the first month, and the bookmakers are going to have to take that into account. Final thing for you, Matt. We got the Astros and the A's battling 4-3 right now through 4.5. A's lead there. We got the Yankees in Tampa. Anticipated series. How are you looking uh, at this thing, and where's the money going? You know, interestingly enough, it took a while today, but the money is finally starting to show up on the New York Yankees. You know, I thought with Garrett Cole last night, you know, when do you ever see Garrett Cole minus 135? You just don't ever. And again, these aren't true home games, regardless of the fact that the Yankees are listed as a road team and Houston's listed as a road team. These are neutral site games with no fans. So there's no home field advantage to take into account here. So Garrett Cole on a neutral field at Minus 135 seemed a little bit uh, low, and I think the betters agreed, and that's why we've seen the money start to pour in on the New York Yankees, who are now as high as minus 150 at some spots in town as we get closer to first pitch. That Oakland-Houston game is interesting today. As Dusty Baker says, he's never seen the ball fly out of Chavez Ravine ever like it is today. It's hot. It's a little bit humid there today, and they're lucky that it's only four to three as there's been a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of fly balls that were right there at the warning track caught her. This thing could be a lot worse. It almost looked like home run derby there for a little while. But Oakland just escapes a, a jam there with two on, no out. They get out of it, headed to the bottom of the fifth, still 4-3 Oakland. There it is. Yeah, very few day games, uh, especially weekday games, is Chavez Ravine. Matt, great stuff as always, my friend. We appreciate you, and we look forward to talking with you next week. And uh, Follow Matt's picks on our best bet site at tcmartinshow.com. Him, Scott Spritzer, all of us there. Uh, good stuff, some good selections as well, too. So, And uh, hopefully we'll get you down to the Cosmopolitan one of these Fridays, brother. That's it. i got to make it down there. You Thanks, DC. Thanks, Frank. Best of luck tonight, guys. There it is. Appreciate you. Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity, uh, formerly our, our guy over at uh, the CG Technology Sportsbook. Matt has his own company, U.S. Integrity. It is, uh, he does a fantastic job regulating now uh, with uh, Major League uh, Sports and uh, college sports uh, with the sportsbooks as well here, too. All right. Frank, Green Bay Frank, as I have to call him, not Bears Frank. Because you're picking the Packers again tonight, my man. Come on, say it with me, Frank. No, Pack, go! Come on, Frank, you can say that. No, Pack, no. <laughs> go, Pack, go! Frank, what was that The quarterback's number? He had number four, Hall of Famer. What's that guy's name? I want to hear you say it one time. Favre? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Frank. Say it one time. Say it with me. Say you. it loud. Say you. it proud. You, you, He's a Brett Favre fan. You really want to say it again? You know what number four is? Just two big piles of number two. That's all it is. Sorry. Can't can't even spell his own name. You could be 4-0 betting on the Packers this week, my friend. Yeah, well, hopefully I won't be. (laughs) Look at this. Hopefully they lose. Hey, stop it now. we got some action tonight. Let's go. (laughs) You got action, too. It's on your best bets. I I did not bet it. Did not bet it, no. And and now I'm glad that I didn't with all the injuries. And then, I like, know. It like Matt scary. was saying, I mean, it's, it's completely flipped around. 
I, I'm, I'm afraid to go and bet anything these days until right at kickoff because you never know who's playing or what's going on. Will you say number 12's name, though? Number 12? Yeah. Will you say his name? You just won't say number four's name or is it just any Packers quarterback's name you refuse to say? Um, Jim McMahon? <laughs> Jim McMahon was not number 12, but he was a Packer he was quarterback. A Packer quarter. You said, yeah. well, I say any Packer quarterback, uh, Jim McMahon. Jeez. Won a Super Bowl ring. He did. Absolutely. And go. then he won the one that Conover actually played. Yeah, right. With the, <laughs> with with the, the Bears. Bears. Exactly. Okay. Did, didn't wear the headbands and that kind of stuff for Roselle and that kind of stuff yeah. when he was up in Green Bay. Yeah, no, he was, he was kind of mellow. He was just holding the clipboard and collecting a check. Yeah, that is very, very strange to you know for Bears fans still to remember. The Jim McMahon basically closed out his career as a Packer. Most of them don't. Yeah, most of them I don't. I don't even. I don't even think they're cognizant of it. And if they if they were, they've put it out of their memory banks. Mm-hmm. All right, who are we going with tonight? So we're going to take a shot with uh, the the Chiefs laying eleven. Well, I mean, if I had to bet it, I guess yeah. I would take that. It, but it, it, yeah, too, it's still too. I scary. mean, it could also be a flat spot for. I mean, it's, it's a, it, although you never think of New England as a flat spot, but I mean, it's. I mean, they should because win. Of what the, happened, yeah. They should win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the better team, and the, the biggest weapon for the Patriots isn't there, arguably. Yeah, that is true. But let's remember, the Patriots still got a pretty staunch D. And, uh, again, can they hang with Patrick Mahomes? Can they slow him down a little bit? 11's yeah. a big number. I believe we'll a lot see. of people thought Baltimore had one of the most staunch Ds in the NFL. Yeah. How did that work out against Kansas City? Yeah, that's true. But they showed up <laughs> yesterday, didn't they, as we predicted? Baltimore <laughs> over uh, Washington. So it was a good get-back game for them, yeah. But uh, high-scoring, nine overs yesterday. It just seems like, you know, punters. You don't even need, punters don't even need to show up for most of these games anymore. It is pretty crazy how just teams are marching up and down the field. And, and real quick, I do want to touch on when you're talking about punters, Robbie Gold, who's had a good NFL career. What was that onside kick at the end of that game? Okay, so he just he went with the drop. Kick he he did the drop kick then, yeah. but he didn't put it on its side no. and just kick it like we've no. seen a couple games. It was he didn't horrendous. put it on the tee. Yeah, he just. Kicked it right to the guy and made one of the easiest. Yeah. And Richard Rodgers, the former Packers tight end, uh, recovered it very easily. But, yeah, no spin, no nothing. Uh, it just went right to him. Yeah. No, that was it was like weak. a routine grounder to short. Very weak. Very weak. That's what it was. All right. I want to thank Matthew Holt for uh, joining us today. Talking a little NFL. And, uh, of course, Nubchuck pressed all the right buttons today. He's improving. He did a good job today. Yeah. Really good job. <laughs> Do a good job every day. At what point are we going to take the intern off your off your uh, your label? Uh, that, that that's your call. That's my call exactly. All right. All right. By the way, do we have an NBA series or no? We do have an NBA series. Uh, Jimmy Butler triple double last night, forty points. We'll talk to the big seven footer about that in the next couple days as well too, live from Chicago. But live yeah. from Froggies. Yeah. Live from Froggies. Ah, Froggies. <laughs> I love the French onion soup with Froggies. You gotta love it. Do they make the potatoes the way you like them? Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember if I had potatoes at Froggies. Deacon Bob had rabbit at Froggies. Kind of like that. All right. Julie Jules in the house. What's up? There it is. Thanks to uh, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, Quake uh, hanging back, uh, supervising from the way back. Froggies and rabbits. That's a hopping place, isn't it? We got to go. If you miss any part of the show, if you want to hear any more of the nonsense, the witty one-liners from Ballpark Frank, tcmartinshow.com. You know what we got to do, Frank, now? We're going to ask our girl.